I'm not angry. I think it's funny. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of the Not Angry Podcast. Uh, a podcast that takes a positive, life-affirming look at all things pop culture, movies, and music, and books, and literature, and the arts, performing arts ah, of yes. any kind. I'm your host, Andrew, and I would say sitting about 15 inches away would be my co-host, Maria. Say hello, Maria. Hello? I was hoping you'd interrupt me. And then like, <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Oh, I purposely didn't interrupt you because I felt like you were going to yell at me for interrupting you. How you meant to interrupt me like that? Mm. Uh, yeah. sorry. Hello. So this week... Hello. Hello. This week we're watching a little movie about some big events uh, inspired by true events. It's the Netflix original movie just released on the streaming platform called The Red Sea Diving Company. Hmm. And if you were expecting a movie about the Red Sea, if you were expecting a movie about diving, or if you were expecting a movie about company, you would be wrong on all fronts. I don't think so. So it fails the Texas Chainsaw Massacre test. I think technically it doesn't fail okay there's I'm the listening. we we see the red sea because that's where they escape from and then we see them diving at least once yeah okay and we see them talk about the company uh-huh. at least once yeah so at least once though is not true you know it's not that's not accurate like if they made that movie bad santa and then billy bob thornton walks in and goes hey guys I'm Santa, but I'm bad. And then the rest of like the hour and 29 minutes was not about that. Would you say that (laughs) successfully passes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre test? Not if I want to win my own arguments. (laughs) So this is about... uh, Yeah, uh, I wasn't expecting uh, religion either. (laughs) No, (laughs) I mean, it took me so long just to get my head around... Yeah, there was something about religion in the title. Like, this was all well, about the Mossad and Judaism and, like, blah, blah, blah. It made sense. I was like, oh, the Red, oh, the, oh, the Red Sea. Oh, okay, I get it now, you know. What? Because, like, that was the Bible, right? It's like... A- yeah, but that's not... I don't know. I don't know about Judaism and the Bible and, like, where they overlap and where they don't overlap. All I know is it's all fiction. <laughs> um, but this isn't. This is based on true events, so it's probably only partially fiction. Now, what I didn't know, and this was, I'll say this was interesting because I learned something. Okay. I did not know they were Ethiopian Jews. Did you? No, I didn't. Like, I mean, no, I mean, I knew, I knew on some level there had to be at least some black Jews. Yeah. Like, I'm not surprised because people yeah. took their religion, their missionaries everywhere, you know. But I just assumed it was like, I didn't, th- I mean... I don't know. I don't know why. I just didn't think it would take in Ethiopia. 
I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> no bagels? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it was not a place I thought that, I, I didn't even know, I'll be honest, I didn't even know uh, Jewish people sent out missionaries of that kind, or whatever the Jewish equivalent of missionaries Maybe they didn't are. send out missionaries, but maybe people had settled there over millions and millions and millions, or, you know, thousands and thousands of years, you know? Yeah. Wandering Jews in the desert and yeah, stuff. I mean, exactly. Like, <clears throat> I feel like that, you know, I felt like people spread out. I'm not saying it doesn't point, track. You know? I just right. mean... If you would have said, like, we had some Jews end up in, like, Poland or mm-hmm. uh, the Netherlands mm-hmm. or anywhere where the the melanin in the skin is not quite so high. Mm-hmm. But I, did, I just literally did, you know, when you think about when you, oh, a Jewish person mm-hmm. doesn't look like an Ethiopian. Sure. Michael K. Williams. Sure. You know, you could say, like, a Christian. Yeah, I mean, Baptists. Sure. You know? I mean, I, I didn't know, but yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised. Like when, I, when it, when they were, when, when it was in the store, I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, I believe it. You know, religion is everywhere and I'm not surprised, but I, I didn't know about this. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. Any this, uh, uh, situation, anything in those, uh, Northern African countries are, <laughs> oh boy, it's never good. Yeah. Like it's not a lot of good news coming out of there. Right. So this one's about some Ethiopian Jews. Uh, and Chris Evans. Well, I was going to say, yeah. So they're, they want to escape. I, what I can't, okay, what I can't figure out, they didn't really, maybe they touched on it or I just glossed over it. Were they being, did they just want to escape the fact that it's a war-torn country now, like it's fallen to pieces and they want to escape to Jerusalem because they're Jewish? Mm-hmm. Or were they being like persecuted because they're Jewish? I don't think they ever said because that was kind of my same question yeah and i don't think we got an answer either way like i don't remember hearing like i don't remember hearing like here's why we're leaving yeah it was just that we got to get them out and like that was it because there was no bad guy that was like damn jews controlling the north african media or something like it just that was that wasn't there yeah that didn't seem to the reason didn't seem to uh there was nothing anti-semitic necessarily about what was going on yeah it was just seemed like this whole like the the ship is sinking we gotta get out we gotta we gotta way out through uh the Mossad and israel and stuff or palestine or wherever the fuck i'm so uneducated about the problems in in the middle east like that i mean just say that you're uneducated it's it's okay you don't have to apologize no it's i should know more why i should know like at least who's on whose side why just to know it whose side on whose side yeah like who who who's repping israel who's i know israel is like the jews i think Mm -hmm. and palestine are the not jews yeah 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 (laughs) because i had a friend who was from palestine yeah um but now i don't know because they want to go to jerusalem yeah. And my friend said he was from... Isn't Palestine in Jerusalem? This is the problem. See what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just... The shit gets deeper. Yeah. You're you're, you're right. You keep going. Yeah. But my friend was yeah. Muslim. Yeah. And he said he was from Palestine. Yeah. Jerusalem. Right. So is Jerusalem... There, that's where the conflict is, man. So what's Israel? It's like... It's like, okay... <laughs> It's like they, they all want to be in the same spot. Which is? 
this one the jerusalem yeah okay one space so okay and they want to be because i know their at a certain own countries, point but it, they're they're fighting over it i think it's yeah. over the same it's like they're on they're literally on top of each yeah, other yeah and uh no one wants to move well, what i know is someone was there first well and then, they both were well but then like jews were displaced from somewhere else I'm, and like, and had to resettle in this area Mm. And there's a real problem about like who has the right. I mean, I don't know. And it's all about like Je- not Jesus, but yeah, like it's all about this holy sp- space. I've never seen so many people who are religious who yeah. are supposed to be compassionate and caring and like a benevolent God and right. blah, 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 just have absolutely no time for their fellow man. But it's like, but it's like, it's like literally like over like land. When like, because I mean, when, when if you don't believe in like you know, God and stuff. If you don't believe uh, in my God. When you don't believe in gods and stuff. Yeah. Um, you just go like. Just let them. It's 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 just land. Just turn this townhouse into a duplex. Yeah. <laughs> and let's all work it out. All right. Um, but anyway, no, I don't know the conflicts. Yeah, it's real on. strange. But in this movie, I guess we don't have to. Know that. In this movie, there are Jews. Uh, in the Sudan. Is that right? Ethiopia? Sudan? No, th- they're going from Ethiopia to Sudan. They're walking. Right. And then from the Sudan, they're they're going to get pulled out to Jerusalem because they are yeah. Jews. Yeah, I and mean, in Sudan, Sudan, it's Muslim. Do you think... Yeah, which is problematic for a lot of reasons. Do you think that anyone was like, where are you going, man? Oh, we're getting the fuck out of Ethiopia through Sudan. Where are you going to go from there? Uh, I'm Jewish, so the Mossad's going to help smuggle us out to Jerusalem, which apparently it's pretty chill there. I think it was like, oh, shit. What do I got to do? Like, can I be Jewish? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't you think that? Hmm. I don't know. Like, when your back's against the wall, I'd be like, I'm Jewish, I'm Hindu, whatever I need to do to get out of this fucking, you know, problematic place. Um... I don't know. Because <laughs> once you're there, you can always, re- you know, you can renege. Yeah. You can go like, psych, JK, LOL. I think uh, the uh, a religious person with who has that disposition would have a hard time going against their own beliefs but for the sake of that. Even though, for yes. For the sake of their life? Yeah. Oy. You know, cause, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Religion is evil, man. Because um, it's just, it makes it it stops you from making logical choices i just feel like i feel like there i feel like there are extreme ends yeah of who would do that but i feel like most moderate religious people would go yeah whatever until i'm safe and then i can go back to doing what i'm doing i think people would yeah but if you're talking about like religious religious people i think they're the mentality is so stupid like the extremes (laughs) it's like oh yeah god you understand i feel like god would get it yeah, He'd but be like, I get it. They do what like, you gotta do. Everyone thinks that like, oh, if I just make an ultimate it's a sacrifice that uh, you know, well, everything yeah. is so like it's still so about that one person. Uh, and that's why and there now is we're getting no into God. like jihadists and like I mean, I'm just saying like not even that, but it's just like oh this idea of like oh, I gotta make a sacrifice, like it's uh, uh, me, the two you know, like oh. it's so me, me, me in the end of the day, you know, and it's just so sad because it's all not real <laughs> so it makes hey, it sad you know unsubstantiated it just makes it sad that's what makes me sad you know so so anyways we're trying to get these uh michael k williams is like 
Moses leading these uh, Ethiopian Jews across the desert. Right. Which, that's a part of the story, but we ver- we see very few of them. Oh, oh yeah. The refugees don't get a lot of uh, lines and or screen time. No, or humanity. The director <laughs> yeah. was like, let's keep these brownies off the camera yes. film. <laughs> keep them just out of shot. Like Their the- story is not the story, okay? No. And the main story is about Chris Evans, who, if you don't know Chris Evans, he was in The Losers. He was in um, uh, Sunshine. He did a great job in Sunshine. He was in... He directed... Uh, pu- um, uh, Punctured? Punctured. Oh, he Punctured. was so good in Punctured. So good at Punctured. He directed that movie where he played like a jazz musician in the, in the subway station. Right. He was in that movie with um, McKenna Grace. Oh, gifted gifted he's mm-hmm. very he is you know he does a wide range of things he seems to enjoy his work a lot he even did a superhero uh franchise um he was johnny storm oh yeah and fantastic, fa- four. fantastic four. Oh man yeah. he was so young then you yeah know? so he's had quite the career i'm sure he's had other things i mean not another teen movie right oh Chris Evans. yeah so he's you know he's had this whole list of films that are just amazing accomplishments and he's sure. been, he's kind of fallen off the radar lately yeah i haven't seen anything out of him in terms of like a big film, hmm. I think he's doing Rian Johnson's next film. Do you think he's just been like doing theater and stuff like that? I hope so. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. really stretching his creative wings and not being stifled into one franchise that just sucks the soul out of everybody and every Ugh. character that portrays it. Uh, but in this one, <laughs> he's uh, he's playing a guy who works for the Mossad, which is like the Israeli intelligence committee, like this, I guess, like the CIA of Israel. Yeah, exactly. And he's real. He's a real. Uh, passionate guy he really is humanitarian yeah he, you know he sees them a, as his brothers a cia humanitarian there's, you there's, know? there's one in every bunch you know they're gonna he's the guy that like oh, he's gonna get us killed yeah he's that guy right we don't have time to save them like that you know and he's like johnny rambo out there trying to save them all he's got a nice beard nice nice haircut um, yeah you think so sure. let me ask you this is chris evans jewish Oh, well, he is portraying a Jewish... Is Ben Kingsley Jewish? Ben? Cool. And is it okay? Or is it not okay? I don't weigh in on that because huh? I'm not Jewish. Mm. So I leave it to the chosen people to make that choice. I will say this. If like someone who is Christian plays an atheist or if someone who's atheist plays a Christian, I don't That's think that fine, really yeah. matters. Yeah. Um, the only, the word gets, I guess people play uh, Muslims as well. Where it gets complicated is unlike um, those other religions. Well, like unlike a lot of religions. Yeah. I believe Judaism is also considered a race at some capacity. Mm. Like they, they consider themselves a race. Well, like you said. But no, he was raised Catholic. <laughs> he has expressed pantheistic views, which means he believes in all religions or in all gods. And has a great interest in the philosophy of Buddhism. So no, he is clearly not Jewish. Is that a problem? I don't know. We did it. We did discuss it at length while we were watching the movie. <laughs> there were just a few times where we were like, but is Chris Evans Jewish? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate what he's doing and it's a great message. Yeah. Wow. What an, what, a, what an interesting story. Uh, if, if true. Um, but um, <laughs> is Chris Evans Jewish? And if not, because clearly they did a lot to make sure everyone else 
was Jewish. I mean, I don't think they like checked to make sure all the actors were circumcised no? or something. They just threw up like a Star of David a couple times. Oh, right. There was actually very little talk about Judaism in general. Yeah, I mean, it didn't seem to be about it, but it was definitely like there. They kind of just laid the groundwork about why there are Jews in Ethiopia right? and why they want to get them out. That's what, I mean, you know, you can just, I feel like the whole Judaism aspect is just kind of backdrop and it's more of a general humanitarian sure. effort thing. So anyways, Chris Evans, he's uh, in the Sudan or Ethiopia trying to pull these guys out. He gets caught. His government pulls him out. The American, Greg Kinnear is in the movie. Greg Kinnear is great in this movie. They pull him out. He's back in uh, uh, Israel trying to like, he's thinking of a plan. This is the, this is like, it's like a heist movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Or the structure is the same as a heist movie. Right. Where he sits down and he's like, I've got a problem. I've got to get these 4,000 Jews out of uh, the Sudan and, and over to like ships in Israel. And uh, he assembles a team it's like that. It's like Ocean's Eleven when he, when the old clone dogs going to different parts of the country going like, where are the Mormon twins? And like, we need to get you and you and you. And what are you doing? And tired of sitting here <laughs> feeling up stockbrokers. Yeah. This, this movie had an interesting, um, I, I had a hard time getting into the tone of where it was going. Yeah. It, it took me a while to get into this movie. If I'm honest, the flow or the pacing of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't great. Well, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure what kind of movie it was. No, you know, like yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, this is a really serious story about uh, people who who need help. And then it was like, oh, but it's also a fun heist movie with like cool characters. Yeah. And it's like, so I think it was, you know, because anytime you do one of those based on a true story movies, yeah, things aren't as nice and neat and clean as a real story. It gets real messy. Yeah. I'd say there was uh, it really picks up when he starts formulating the plan and picking up all the the, the members of his team. It seems like something like George Clooney would have made. You're oh, absolutely right. For sure. It's mm-hmm. there's a lot of like I don't like you cuz you're dangerous. You're <laughs> reckless kind of talk. Right. But he formulates his plan that if they put they dock ships outside uh off the coast of the Sudan mm-hmm. and they buy this abandoned uh, hotel called the Red Sea Diving Resort or whatever. They buy it. They set up a front like they're working. Spoilers. <laughs> they buy it and set up a front <laughs> like they're just uh, businessmen from America or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, running the resort. And while they're running the resort, they start smuggling out the, the Jews. <laughs> Say it again. The Jews. Yeah. And then you're like, well, they start smuggling out the Jews. I just mean I really liked I liked the parts about them running this con mm. with these team with this cool group of people. The, the team was cool. I mean, and the con just kind of happened upon them. Yeah. They just kind of uh, went with it, you know. But it's very difficult to blend such a fun kind of actiony right heist type vibe with like our people are dying. They're starving. We have to act now. And it's yeah. like, oh my gosh. And it makes Michael K. Williams' role and the actual refugees' roles just kind of feel like they're the painting or whatever that whatever the people would be stealing. Like they're just the item that they're planning the whole heist around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so there's not a lot of humanity given to the characters of the of the Jews being smuggled out. 
Not really. No. And uh, I guess it's not that the story's about the Red Sea Diving Resort. Yeah. So I, mean, I can't, you know. I think it's about the mission itself, like mm-hmm. how this mission came about and not necessarily. And, and, and that's why I said, like, it took me a while to get to the movie because it was like, well, I thought I was going to see this real a dramatic telling of, uh, of the refugees and there and and chris evans kind of been like being with them all the time and you know yeah seeing the effects of it um it's not a refugee story it's not it's, it, not. it's not it it's about this guy like basically it's just about what happened with this crew and and how it just kind of how they ex- executed it yeah it's, it's a longer ver- it's like a more complex version of those movies you used to watch with like bruce willis or some shit where they would chop her into some third world jungle and pull out some people yeah and then get them back you know somewhere else it's like a like those american made uh biography like the one that tom cruise did yeah like that like those kind of it's just real messy it's real messy. because life is messy because life is messy and the other issue is we got a real it's it's a real like Man, I, it went sorry you really threw me back when you're like the people are <laughs> what they're stealing that's they're, it they're the jewels they're, they're just smuggling people that's all they're doing <laughs> Oh um, man! But no, I mean, another another honest critique you can make of this film as a film is yeah. that we're basically stomping into well well tread white savior territory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but and normally, oh, it's no, it's yeah, yeah. But there. here's what I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, based on a true story. Okay, yeah. So I yeah, mean, you know, it's like hey, we see actual footage at the yeah, end. So, yeah, like it's not like how I mean, unless these guys weren't all Caucasian in some capacity, mm. and it was like half Sudanese people or something. At the end of the day, it's like they were white. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You know, they're still all brothers under the faith, as well. Amen, brother. And we get a little like Chris Evans is abandoning his family. I didn't need this. Yeah, I didn't need this either. Like he's not around. Like no shit, he's not around. I like love this transition. Yeah, though. I know you do. The little kid playing with the Pan Am toy and then it transitions into uh, him recruiting the girl. This was great, by the way. Yeah, she was the uh, she was the best one for me, you know. This lady, the blonde lady, she, I don't know what else she's been in. She looks like Emojin Heaps a little bit or Hoops or whatever the fuck her name mm-hmm. is. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like she's the muscle of yeah. the group, or I guess you could say like the um, the operator, like feet on the ground troop kind of thing. Like she would go and spy and she could fight and she knew how to be tactical. So he he recruits her. She's down, of course, because these these are a bunch of uh, adrenaline junkies. Right. These are a bunch of the action is the juice. Jews. But I love, you know, the only, the only, I mean, look, he assembles his team, they go, and it's like very fun, to be honest, for a lot of the movie. And and the, a big story is him and his buddy, who's a doctor, who was portrayed by the guy who was Pollux Troy in Face Off. And the, one of the guys in that movie, Disobedience with Rachel Weiss. Right. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, oh, you know what would be great is if we can get Mikey Fassbender for this movie. Uh, he's not available, though. Uh, we can't get Mikey Fass? No, uh, I'm sorry. Call the guy who is uh, Pollock's trying face off. Looks just uh, like him. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's great. I'll he look, get him. He looks just like him, and he's not such an actor that it'll overshadow Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's not all about him. Um, He goes and recruits. I don't know, other than being a diving instructor. I don't know what this guy brought to the team. 
what he brought to the team. Like he didn't really do anything in the movie. He other... drove the trucks and stuff, right? I, but sort of the doctor. I just mean that I don't. I don't know what his skill set was other than pretending to be a diving instructor. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Rem- I don't remember to be honest. But yeah, like they didn't get to do. Uh... Cool stuff yeah i mean the other thing on this guy like the, this guy was a sniper he was like a tactical dude as well they had a nice team i'll mm-hmm. say that it also reminded me a lot of like uh inception similar oh kind yeah of, you know, structure like and inception. stuff you're right but instead of dreams it's uh uh ethiopian jews instead of fucking fantasy <laughs> and dreams this is real life yeah it's just like that yeah I, I I don't know if Chris Evans had a strong enough A story to really like weight it down the same way, but um yeah I mean it was fun they went they when they get to the resort things start take off like right. that's when it gets real fun because like real tourists show up and like what the fuck are we gonna do and there's a certain aspect of this movie that made me wish they fictionalized it more mm. because I just was like, Oh, it'd be so fun to see them running that resort over a longer period of time. And like they kind of montaged a lot of the time at the resort. Right. So you lost a lot of the fun character interactions that could have happened and you could have got to know them more. Like it could have been a great mini series on Netflix or AMC or some shit. Yeah. Chris Evans perpetually doing pull-ups and push-ups every time he's not talking. Oh my god, like I don't know what was happening to Chris Evans in this movie, but he was like gotta stay beefed up, bro. He was so excited and so happy that it was like he was smiling from ear to ear almost almost every scene. It's like he was free from something. Yeah. And was able like he was I've never seen his eyes light up. He's he was alive again. Um but yeah, he was doing like push ups everywhere. Yeah. But almost at uh, someone else's request, you know? It yeah, didn't feel yeah. like. Or maybe the director just caught him. Because, like, those guys got to do push-ups before they yell action to keep, right. just to keep that physique, you know? Right. Some 300 shit. Yeah, Chris Evan looks alive. He does, doesn't he? He, he was so present and just so... So present. Um, it, it's really strange when you see an actor go from one role to the other where they just... One, on the one hand, they just kind of, kind of seem to be sleepwalking through the role. And then you get to the next role and it's like, oh, you really just didn't want to be where you were at. It's a lot like wrestling. (laughs) Do you think now here's a question I have for you. Okay. And I kind of got this sense when they were arguing in the jail cell later on. Okay. Do you think the doctor guy, the guy who played Pollux Troy, was there uh, homoerotic undertones to what was happening with him and Chris Evans? Like one-sided hmm. for sure. You know, I thought that a little bit at first. Especially in the beginning. But then he hooks up with a girl later. Does he? I think so. I mean, he just she just rests his her head on his shoulder. I think there was a little bit w- between them at the hotel. Or was it like that safe friendship Ooh, that a I see what straight you mean. girl yeah, and a gay yeah, man can yeah, have? Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, no sexual tension. That's true. Maybe. The um the slackers have a theory about fury. Oh yeah. That there's this long What do those assholes think? <laughs> there's a long uh what they consider a knowing look between Shia LaBeouf and Brad Pitt at one point. Hmm. And they were like, 
you know, close quarters. It's like jail. Maybe something happened. Sexually. Oh, is that what happens? I don't know. I've never served. But uh, that's what they think. I, I said the same thing. About- I, do, you know what's funny? I don't even jump to that when yeah. I watch that movie. I mean, I... That all- says something about the people yeah. who have that theory. Andrew, like, it kind of says something about the people who have that theory. Because that's not where I jump to. I mean, it takes a long time to get to that yeah. point for me. But hey, you know, for those guys who got that theory right in the beginning no judgments it says something about you no judgments. no judgments just observations because you know why because it's like three of them doing no a i podcast know There's a lot together. of testosterone no but they're they're in closed quarters oh. for like you know two and a half hours recording a podcast and it's not video and it's not video so, so we don't know what's happening some, anything could be happening right like does the tension get too much for them they even have we have to hold our mics you can tell by sometimes the rattling around uh-huh i know they have uh, uh mic stands oh so both of their hands are free so their hands are free to be roman hands or russian fingers comrade <laughs> okay okay yeah. but no i mean the thing is like um i didn't see it but when i went back and watched it I was like, oh, I can kind of see where this is coming from. But also then you got someone like Shia and someone like Brad. And it's like, we all want to see that. You right. know? In this case, I don't know if the, the Pollux Troy guy was like in love, like with Chris Pine or Chris Evans, character romantically, or he just was like enamored by the passion and how, what a, you know, he lived the life and saved lives and was so, such yeah. a humanitarian right that he just looked up to him in that way yeah no i don't think it was a sexual thing i i got more of a never leave your brother your comrade you know behind type scenario but he even says like i followed you around like a lost puppy dog but that's what i mean like i i yeah like like how can you not sometimes you know the chris chris evans has that energy has that thing like you want to believe him and you and you yeah. want like he, he seems has, like a real pure soul he seems so pure like you know maybe the doctors had like questions about what he's doing and chris yeah. evans doesn't question what he's doing and his heart is so pure that uh, it's hard not to look up to him you know but at the same time it's like i mean when you think about him yeah. uh chris evans and keanu reeves working together in uh, uh a david ayer movie street kings mm-hmm. just two pure souls right playing it was so strange because they were playing such dirty cops you know right um but anyways so red sea diving company yeah it's like they're trying it's classic spy heist stuff you set up did, a fake company know? yeah um there was cool stuff you know a lot of good tension they meet with this uh Colonel, or something mm-hmm. that he they when they buy the, the 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 place from him and they bribe him, it's classic classic high stuff. And but he cr- makes money from it because he keeps sending he he starts sending tourists. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how he makes money from it, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, they paid him like one hundred twenty five thousand dollars to fucking do it. But yeah. right. Oh, he's always getting a cut. That's what I mean. Like yeah. so, real nice location too, man. That had to be great to shoot there on the beach clear blue water it was just gorgeous um and so they get you know they start they don't have guns they have to basically do this all real under the cover of night they have to deal with local militias the local 
squabbles between governments and right. armies. And they're just trying to get these people out of the country before they're massacred. They've got a staff now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, there are definitely very uh, fun elements and serious elements. And I, I feel like I learned something, to be honest. Yeah, that's like, I true. Was like, holy shit, this is a whole other side of the world. Apart, I mean, we all kind of have vague ideas about the Sudan and the Ethiopia and the Hutsus and the Tutsis and all the genocide and stuff like that, yeah. which is really rough. Mm-hmm. Like the no, like <laughs> when I hear about American travesties, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. But then I also think about um, uh, Matt or Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know nine dead or even like a thousand dead and i think about rwanda and i'm like those are rookie numbers guys you got to pump those fucking numbers up if you want to play on the big stage you know i mean just entire villages burned entire entire races yeah just entire erased erased off the face of the earth cultures gone gone but yeah i mean i think the these parts where we see Chris Evans is talking to the refugees, it's just to further motivate him. Yeah. You know, he's such a sensitive guy that he's like, I got to save these people. He's like, he thinks he's a fucking superhero or something. You know, Johnny Storm, Chris Evans, those those days are long gone, man. You're no superhero, you know? I know. Get over it. Move on with your life. He should play a superhero somewhere down the line. He's got that heroic presence. You think so? Yeah, I think he could pull it off. I mean, this was basically superhero movie assembled a team oh yeah mm-hmm. helped it, people it was like you know saviors assemble mm. and then get these and save these people i mean you saw more heroics here than in a lot of superhero because yeah. it wasn't just like punching bad guys it was literally saving lives it was like at the end <laughs> at the end of those uh <sighs> What's that survivalist, that British survivalist guy we watch? Bear Grylls. Yeah, like at the end of those missions where he would like deliver the medicine to the oh, to the yeah, thing. Yeah. He would be so juiced at the end of it, you know? We did it, guys. Yeah. We saved some lives. And that's how I felt every time they saved people, you know? Like that's, I mean, the, that's the kind yeah. of high they're living, you know? That's that's the high they chase, that high of like saving some someone and helping someone more than yourself while getting Dang. out of like an impossible situation, you know? Could you imagine like the like so usually in these kind of movies you save like 20 people or something and that's the end of the movie. Right. You know? Yeah, like that's you chop true. around like we got the 20 people we saved them. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't even like it's not even halfway done and they've already got 200 people on these fucking boats. Right. And then they're just like racking them up rack it's like a fucking pinball machine or something like ching 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 ching. Yeah. And the numbers just keep going up. To like the thousands or something, right? They cleared like 4,000 by the end of the movie. Over a stretch of like a month or two or something. Right. Could you imagine that kind of like living on that that constant adrenaline high? Whoa. Of just like, got to save these people. 200. Yeah. Another 200. Whoa. Like that's that's insanity. That's insane. The, um, there was fun. You know, the only, my only, I liked the movie. I recommend watching the movie. It was interesting. It was, uh educational you know it's like a period of history in the world that we that people just have no fucking clue about anything that happens over there and that like where the brown people are no one gives a shit about in africa because they have no resources the moment they find like more cobalt or iphone parts in that part of the country we'll care about that country so um 
the, my only complaint is I, I kind of wish they had more time. Mm. A lot of things I feel like got glossed over. Dynamics in the group kind of people. Yeah. They just didn't get established as strongly as I would have liked, you know. Um, I like things very nice and neat that way where like characters have their, like, this is what you do. This is what he does. This is what she does. Right. This is a little more fluid, I guess you could say, like sexuality. Yes. This definitely could have been a miniseries yeah. uh, or a, a show. Like, there was so much to to learn about the other people, you know? Yeah, they're good. they had good chemistry when they had the chance to show it off. Oh, yeah. Like, in the beginning when they're covering... Talk, like, they spent a whole little segment being funny and talking about their cover identities. <laughs> yeah. Which was a great moment. Right. Never came back around. Right. You know, that that's my only thing about that. You gotta, like set it up to pay it off kind of thing no i mean i, I just wish more time yeah i would I, have liked to have seen more with these characters yeah which i guess isn't the worst complaint you know red sea diving disorder. and then like a group of tourists oh, show man. up on their fake hotel and then they start like doing you know because basically chris evans's character created a whole fake uh backstory for the for the resort for the group yeah and it said, oh, you come to the Red Sea Diving Resort. You got diving at 10 a.m. and like callous, like aerobics at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. and this, you know, and cooking class and all this shit. Right. And now they have to fulfill that while also smuggling, you know, <laughs> yeah. thousands of refugees out of the country. Right. Uh, ben Kingsley is also in this movie. Oh, yeah. Ben Kingsley's in this movie. Ben Kingsley doing a... I don't want to say Ben Kingsley does normally a bad job, hmm. but Ben Kingsley almost always does a Ben Kingsley kind of job. Yes. And I feel like he had a little more to work with and a little more fun with it than he normally does. When he gets to be fun, you know? Yeah. He's such a presence. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like stuck into that, I'm Ben, I'm ben Kingsley, but... I think, I think we've put him in that position. Oh, for sure. He's typecast. Mm-hmm. But he had a little more wiggle room. And this one, not a lot, but a little. Um, Greg Kinnear was great in this movie. Greg Kinnear. You know, Greg Kinnear is one of those guys that you just always forget about. Mm -hmm. Like when he's not around, you go, who's that guy as good as it gets? Cuba? No, the other one. Jack? No, the other one. Oh, Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, I like him. But then when he's gone, you're just like, you got MIB memory wiped. Greg Kinnear does not exist. Who? But when he's back, I mean, he plays a good whatever his, I don't know the fuck. He was like a, works for the American consulate or some shit in, in the Sudan. He works for the embassy. The embassy, yeah. And uh, I think he's also uh, an agent. I mean, they don't put they don't put they, those guys. They don't they, put those guys in the embassy for nothing, you know. They don't put those like if you're working in the French embassy, you can be whoever the fuck you want. Any slightly problematic country, mm-hmm. uh, there's some serious dudes working at the embassy. That's what I mean. I think he was like a definitely an agent, you know. Yeah. Like there, this was a fun moment. So they get this first group of German tourists, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious because they were working for the Jews, right? <laughs> they're like, of course, the Germans ruin it. Yes. And so they have to make it up to seem like they're a legit operation. So she takes their passports and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna photocopy them real quick." <laughs> and she takes it to the back, and the Pollux Troy guy just starts making a photocopier sound with his mouth. Because <laughs> they got to maintain their cover, man. 
Right, it's so funny. This is a nice resort, though. It really is. <laughs> I would love to go to something yeah. like that, Andrew. I don't want to go to the Sudan. No, no, no. <laughs> I just mean like that that, that type of... That beachside villa, like kind of real I, humble look to it. Even a little bit more rainforesty, or, you know, a little bit more tropical. No, 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 no. Not no, rainforesty, no, 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 no. but uh, a little more tropical. You don't want tropical. I know, it's terrible. It's just there's so much that can kill you. Well, then the desert is fine. I don't like, mind that. A desert, but you're right by the water. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But I don't want to be in the jungle where like some, you know, rando geckos poisonous thing is just going to crawl into my bed. I'm going to be like, Ugh, and then it stabs me with its, you know. A I mean, perfect a vacation for me, but yeah, not for you. <laughs> Could you imagine, Maria, if we were out in some foreign exotic country? Yeah. I die Ugh. and you're there alone. Oh, my God. I mean, they'd find me like R- Rambo style in the jungle. Like, that's your first blood. That's your first blood. <laughs> Looking for all the fucking geckos. Looking for some gecko. <laughs> Try to avenge your, avenge your death, you know? You're you're 100% feral out in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> some gecko's like, no, man, I'm a fucking salamander. And you're like, you all look alike. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that would be bad for everybody involved. I mean, they'd be like palm oil. No, we're not worried about palm oil right now. But also, palm oil is palm terrible. Oil, guys. Don't eat anything it's with palm really oil. Look, bad, look at guys. the ingredients for. Don't buy anything it's with so palm oil. So bad. So the mission begins, and there, uh, it you know, it's good. It's like real. I don't want to say paint by numbers, but there's nothing especially. It's based on a true story, so it's not like super innovative. Not, not like shots weren't, you know, necessarily like really good or really interesting. Or like it was just, it felt trying to be more about the story yeah. um, in this kind of beautiful place. Um, but I mean, it was mostly about showing off Chris. Like Chris I Evans, know. bro, just go, just hang dong. Cause that's pretty much where he was going. Right. There were more than a couple scenes. Oh where yeah, I was he was like, naked. Bro, just just show it off. Give the ladies something. We Look can move at on. Um, oh, he is holding a tiny little cup too. It just looks tiny. See, they're diving. Yeah, but like <laughs> it was not <laughs> like if there was some part of the plot where they were like, we gotta fucking put diving suits on these refugees and you know something something something. I would get it, but it was pointless. It was nice to see all this stuff, this underwater parts. Yeah, but really, it was like. No point to the plot. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what I'm saying is like, it's not like a dream within a dream within a dream kind of storytelling. It's just real basic. We got to get these people out of the country. Yeah. You know, they could have they could have done a little more character work on the crew. I feel like a lot of more one dimensional. We didn't really I mean, I couldn't tell you their names aside from the main two. And I couldn't even Ari, Pollux Troy, Blonde Girl possibly italian hitman and uh the diving guy yeah i don't know their names yeah this guy could play wolverine now that i'm looking at him mm. not him but the uh, pollux troy guy yeah i got you it's always crazy when you see a character that you think like oh you know what he was like mm. like uh pollux troy and you know like, oh, what a weasley well then you see him in this one like holy shit he could kick some ass man yeah same for the guy who was the younger priest in fifth element yeah that's right billy kimber and he shows up in peaky blinders as a fucking killer and you're like, <laughs> yeah, holy shit what happened uh, to this guy he always looks like a um 
a singer to me. Like he he looks like the, the, this Pollux Troy. Oh actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like like when I saw him, I was like, is he like a singer or something like that? Like not like Bru- not like a Bruce Springsteen. But... No, I know what you mean. He's more like if you shave, give him a nice clean shave, he'd be like that movie Jude Law played, like a lounge singer, right? Uh, maybe not. Not yeah, like a lounge singer, but yeah, I don't know. He just looks like a musician to me for some reason. Yeah, he does. So then this general, this other, this other general, there's so there's that's the problem with that area is mm-hmm. like there's no uh, hierarchy. Right. It's all just you know uh gangs basically running the joints you know with this guy i can't figure out this guy's angle either that was the problem with with the movie i had because at first he was like worried that they were uh kidnapping and smuggling his people into Mm -hmm. slavery Mm -hmm. and but that wasn't the case because there were these refugees that i guess he got paid the un paid his country to hold on to the refugees you got paid per refugee yeah that you took care of that you took care of quote unquote so and he didn't take care of them he didn't take care of them which it was expected it's right. like those um but that's why he was mad because it was like then why did he kill him though oh yeah that's true even to when send a message maybe i mean I, you know you gotta send a message who? i mean to the people uh that are trying to leave i guess i don't know i don't How know are they gonna yeah hear that about is it? weird yeah it wasn't like know. they were tweeting put it out there on twitter hashtag you know don't leave the country. We'll kill you. Yeah, I'm not really sure. So they, you know, there was just a lot of unclear motivations from him. He was a bad guy. Generic bad guy, you know, right. I guess. Cool dude, though. When he was rocking that guitar, that double guitar with the bullet, that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was a... There was good bones to the movie. And I liked it. And I never felt like I didn't regret watching it or anything. Mm. But there was definitely a... a a moment look at him fucking standing in the door with his fucking abs out put a shirt on chris evans no <laughs> or take your pants off i don't know which this girl just looks like jennifer lawrence to me every she time i see her you know looks exactly like jennifer lawrence or um the other facsimiles of jennifer lawrence we see out running around mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. olga kulyanko or one of those types nice i like how they like zip unzip your wetsuit a little chris evans has got his shirt off they all do, you know, except for this guy. That's the Pollux Troy guy was not hitting the gym for this. No, no I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear a tank top, guys. <laughs> um, no, but the only thing is, like, okay, I liked it. You know, it was cool. They had all these. It, I don't particularly care for these kind of sprawling films, right? Where there's just so many elements that are kind of like connected, and we never really go along for the ride with a certain character. Yeah, it's like a lot of. A lot of scenes where the main characters aren't interacting with these people. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of people like on, on the side arguing about what the main characters are doing. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is weird. So if they would have made it more about like the cat and mouse game that Chris Evans's crew and the general who was trying to find them, mm-hmm. what was going on with them? Right. That would have been better and made the movie flow. It's just difficult when you're basing it on a true story. You can't really, you feel, I, I understand the pressure, the obligation. Like I want to, try and tell the story uh as much as you can Mm -hmm. but real life isn't cool and clean and crisp and put together that way Mm -hmm. so it makes for a less uh overall coherent film i love i love the montage you did and we got a nice montage here 
Oh, yeah, of all the different uh, tour groups that were coming through. And then them, so uh, them actually smuggling a lot of the refugees out under the nose of these tourists and the Sudanese government happens over a montage. A lot of like, Houston, we have a problem clapping at Control Center. Weird. <laughs> Chris Evans starts counting the number of people he saved. Yeah. He's juiced. He's fucking juiced, man. Fucking uh, Ben Kingsley writing and, and like writing, keeping a list of the numbers seemed a bit strange, but whatever. Sorry. Yeah. <sighs> so we got a montage, you know, naked uh, scuba diving. It's or, over a course of like years, I think. No, I think it's a few months. Yeah. It was like 1980, like over the summer or something. <laughs> I don't know if they could have kept this up for a full year, dude. That's crazy. More push-ups and pull-ups from Chris. He's just always working out, man. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, like May months. to yeah. September. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the seasons are like in the Sudan, so. And dancing and fun. And then before the drama. Um, yeah, and the movie goes along like this. Super fun. There's a lot of drama of like, will the cat and I did. What did you think of the cat and mouse game between the general and Chris Evans's crew? Where, like, he kept coming in and kind of interrogating them and investigating, and they were kind of one step ahead of him. I don't know. I, I don't know if I needed that, you know? Oh, okay. Like, it was fine, but I just felt bad for him after a while because he was always losing. <laughs> um, <laughs> the genocidal maniac. I feel bad. He was losing, you know? Um, well, I think because we didn't really know his clear motivation... That was it was it was tough to to really focus on what he was trying to do other than he's just like this typical bad guy, you know? Um Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I liked the actor. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, he did. He was good. I liked him a lot. I mean, the more I think about it, Michael K. Williams was like a blink and he was barely in this movie. Not even in this movie. Barely. You see him for like seconds he does and he does the voiceover at the end which is really weird right i think maybe they just wanted to give that character more of a voice to that guy who that real guy right more of a voice maybe yeah i'm not sure it was just uh i don't know i i had a hard time getting into this movie in the beginning and then when i got into it it was like great but by the end it was just like yeah you know it just turned into not a typical movie, but a very what what a nice film. Yeah. You know? There's no edge to the film. What a nice what a nice evenly cut film. Yeah. Um but educational. I didn't know about this. I would have liked to see the characters develop it more. Yeah. But I did find myself wanting to like it more and wanting more out of the film than I than I ended up. Yeah. Uh, feeling so i guess that's good um in, in a good way you know yeah. that that i was kind of like oh they i want to spend more time yeah. with these people and find out and but you know humanitarians are always really interesting to me anyways just because like god damn oh, dude like man. could you imagine man, just like, they're crazy man not good on them just giving up your life i don't mean like yeah dying i mean like your every day of your life 
no normalcy, no wife and kids, no normal job. You don't like go to the movies on the weekend or anything like that. You're out like in the muck fucking trying to save people right. and do shit like that. Injecting children with vaccines and third world. I just couldn't imagine the personality that does that. I know. Like it almost doesn't seem real. I know. Those are the those are the people we should be talking about, you know? Those are the superheroes, man. Those are the celebrities. Those are the fucking celebrities, man. The those people out there. The, uh, you know. The, Not us. <laughs> those are the people that should be, like, televising the awards for, walking the red carpets for, all the, you know, People magazine and trending on Twitter. And they'll never trend on Twitter. You know, a guy could cure a legitimate disease today mm -hmm. and he might trend on Twitter for half a day right. until Kim Kardashian gets another butt injection and then he's out. All right. That's the world we live she in. She stopped getting them, by the way. Good. They're not good for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a crazy scene when this uh, the Italian hitman kind of guy was like, at first, I thought, oh, he's like a small group. He's trying to sneak him out right under the nose of this general. And when they cut to the wide shot of how many people he's are tailing behind him as he's trying to sneak him out, it's like a fucking, you know, it's like a parade yeah. down Main Street of people. You're like, oh, what the fuck? This it is, is so many people. It is a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the big, you know, the big action piece, the big grand finale is... They um, they can't get everybody out on the boats anymore for some reason. Oh, the the government is shutting it down. Yeah. So they exactly the they won't come out anymore. The Mossad, the Israelis are like, we can't do it. It's too high risk, you mm -hmm. know. Blah 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 blah. And then uh, Chris Evans strikes to deal with the Americans and gets them on a plane and they fly out of there. And it's a cool. It's a really cool um, um sequence. Mm-hmm. Them on the oh, airstrip. when they're getting out, yeah, yeah that mm -hmm. was super like very grounded action, uh, not even action, but just grounded thriller, right? Grounded, just oh my gosh, like you could feel the tension, like, yes, uh, like you knew it was gonna happen, yes, that was a good scene. But Chris Evans stopping the guy, get up, get up, get up, get up, you know, like that kind of thing, yeah. Oh, and the I mean, Chris Evans is basically playing like abraham or whatever the J jewish version of moses, jesus is it's moses with the long hair and the beard he could be wearing fucking sandals and a robe the way he was mm. so pure he's like if you 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 want him, you don't want him to come onto the plane fine you pick him you pick the one he's like oh my gosh all right get on the fucking plane you know <laughs> yeah if you're gonna whinge about it all day chris get him on the plane but no i, I just mean like it was <laughs> chairs yeah, it's just hard. You know, there was, it's, again, because it's based on a real thing, it's real messy and it was difficult. There was no like clear antagonist for them to really rally against. Right. And not a lot of chance to see them work together in, in the way I would have liked. I would have liked a fictionalized version of this kind of story better than the actual story, I think. Yeah. Which is a very cold, American, callow thing to say, but. From a purely entertainment standpoint, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, I understand what I'm going to try to understand what you mean, because if you make it more fictional, all of this really good action kind of comedy kind of works together. Yeah. Um, where 
But the real story and the tragedy of like the conflict and what's happening with these people get so drowned out anyway. Yeah. That it, it may seem like you're you're like oh you're so messed up, but it didn't seem to be about those people anyway. Yeah, so taking that out wouldn't be um, wouldn't be so crazy. But like it's either gonna be that, or is it gonna be more of a story about the people on the ground and how was what was affecting them and what was really happening? But I don't know. Then people don't want to watch that movie, you know? Yeah. So it was it was more. I'd say it's more of a movie about an event. And less a movie about a story or or characters. And maybe you're right. Real life's crazy, you Real know. Life like is so, messy, yeah. so who knows? You know, maybe it was just like this ridiculous, you know, ness of like they were saving all these people, but at the same time they were like we were running this. They were just so proud of how the operation was working, you know. And, well, and I think there's also a real, you know, sense of we have to honor the people who helped. Right. So if you know, you could you could easily nix Ben Kingsley and everything that happens in Israel, mm-hmm. and just make it like because that wasn't needed at it was, all. No, it wasn't. Yeah. You could have just started with Chris Evans going like to some rando boss. I've got a plan. This is what I want to do. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to get my team and go, and you go. But, you know, you didn't need to keep cutting back to randos clapping on, you know, we did it, you know, every time. <sighs> that was so weird. Like they fucking landed on the moon or some shit. Yeah, every time. And you could have spent more time with the refugees. I mean, this, these are all, you know, whatever, but I thought it was nice. Not a special, it was not especially edgy or groundbreaking, but it was fine, you know? I like this little moment between uh, Chris Evans, like the very last moment between him and uh, where he, where Michael's character. Where Michael K. Williams mm-hmm. is like, white people are crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You crazy, you know that, white people? <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> It was okay. Like I, I liked the movie just fine. Like yeah. there were there were, there were more things I liked about it than I didn't. Sure. Um, I'm really happy that Chris Evans got to do. I was just like, man, Ethiopia. Oh e- yeah. You're saving Ethiopian uh, Ethiopian Jews from like genocide and all those things. Like man, Chris Evans really wanted to do a serious movie. And you know, after he's a, um after that movie where he's like the stretchy guy. Fantastic um, Four. Yeah. No, he was the burning guy. Oh, he's the burning. He's guy. Burning Man. Oh, he's Burning Man. Yeah. But oh, this uh, that that whole thing with it, <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Get some fucking paint like a I, picture. I, from I couldn't this believe kid. it. It was just like oh coincidence. Why are we like, doing come this? On. Um, the whole thing with his family was completely unnecessary and just completely added on. Um, but I don't know if I could recommend this movie. It's weird. Um, no, it's fine. It's like you have to know what you're getting into. You're okay. getting a real based on true events you know, kind of movie. I love the movie Miracle. Okay. Kurt <laughs> Russell. I mean, sure. it's, it's not a, um, a malicious film. It's not real. It's not mean spirited in any way. It's just U.S. I mean, it is Disney. U.S. It's very Disney. Um, but I just mean like the story is very like. Not PG, hopeful. but it's hopeful. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's what this movie was. If this were Indian, another you know? kind of movie with another kind of director, mm-hmm. we'd see like Chris Evans drunk, like dealing with crippling addiction or something like that. But for the most part, all the characters, they didn't have, they weren't three dimensional in that they had, they didn't have like the old like flaws mm. that you would expect to have in people like that. Right. 
Like one guy wasn't sneaking out and like trying to bang the refugees or something. You know, oh, like there wasn't. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no means. There wasn't a darker underbelly right. to, to these characters. It was exactly. just straight up. Exactly. He beats me straight up. Straight up. Get pay this man his money. Pay this man his money. You just got to put Y's after his the first monies. letter. His monies. What is it? You, you got to put a Y. Okay. After pretty much every first letter you can. Oh, pay this man his money. <laughs> <laughs> no, he beats me. Stay top. Learning Russian with John Malkovich. <laughs> Welcome. Today my guest is John Malkovich. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I am John Yalkovich. <laughs> we are talking reaction today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And as the internet buffers on the movie, we uh, bring the talk of Ridge Sea Diving Company to a close. I recommend it. It's not like stellar movie right. making, but it's it, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think what it's, I always think about what's the movie trying to accomplish. Mm. And it, to me, in my mind, it set out what it's trying to accomplish. It told a story because honestly, let's be for real. It should have been a fucking documentary. Right. I'm kind of in that camp of like, if you want me to learn something, That's make right. a documentary. That's right. If you want me to be entertained, make me a movie, you know? Okay. But it, it, it successfully tricked me into learning. True. It, it, you know it's I mean? true. And it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. So it wasn't so I mean it was choppy, but at least it closed up yeah, the story. It closed all of its loops. Right. But it yeah, it definitely was more on the surface. So it, it's not like a movie where you're gonna learn a lot about everyone. It's just like there's no character arcs or anything. There's no okay, yeah, it's just on, very on the surface, you know. But the uh But Chris Evans look looks great he's almost yeah. naked in oh, like man. one scene and i was like so close her hand was just turn around just slipping down under her pants so many times but that was a that was a bite i'm like <laughs> had a real bad itch yeah just had to scratch it for 20 minutes the uh <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what am i a girl anatomist uh <laughs> the no, Wait, I mean, where'd you go to school? Girl Anatomy <laughs> University. The no, it was good. It was um, it like I said, it tricked me into learning. Because mm. if it, I'll be honest, if it had been a documentary, yeah, I would not have watched it. True, because I generally don't watch those kind of documentaries. Gotcha. Not my, those aren't historical documentaries. Aren't my kind of thing. Gotcha. But you put like sexy characters and jazz it up with a little like fun music and fun shots. It got me. Now I have a, at least. A somewhat baseline working knowledge of this incident. Okay. That's fair. What does that mean? Ultimately, nothing. But what are you going to do? I mean, if nothing else, I learned. I did not. I legitimately did not know there were like such thousands. Four, at least 4,000, probably more because a lot of them were killed. Jewish people, uh, like Ethiopian people who are Jewish. Did not know that. Now my now my world's a little bigger. Mm. My mind's a little bigger now. Good for you. Good for you. I like to learn. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to more Chris Evans films. He's been kind of battle of the mix lately, so I'm looking forward to seeing him back into the world of like real movie making, like Snowpiercer movie making. Of course, you know, acting. Of course. We watch anything else this week? We watched a new show. The first 
episode of a new show called In the Dark. In oh yeah, In the Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a surprisingly enough a CW show, show in the CW. Yeah, C Dubs. It didn't fit that brand that much to me. It, it had a. It, it almost felt like the, it was growing up, like it was a weird. Oh, like CW's transitioning out of teen shit. It it was, but you know when I first when the, the, on the first episode I I felt like I'm like was this. Is this Canada? Like it, it had it, yeah. that kind of like safe niceness about it. I for sure thought it was a Canadian broadcasting yeah. television show. One hundred percent. But it's about uh, a woman who's blind. Yeah. And um, she doesn't have a lot of friends, and she's very antisocial. And she, a friend of hers, yeah, dies Myst- and she, or yeah. mysteriously die or dies, and nobody believes her, and then she goes on the mystery of like. Finding out what happened to him. Yeah. So it's basically like, she's not a, she's just a regular person, not a detective. She's kind of a fuck up. She's a loser. Oh yeah. She's you a know, real, she's like, mean to her dog and she's a real Will Arnett kind of character. She is. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> real loser. Yes. Will Arnett. But huh. that was the show you wanted to watch. Did you enjoy the first episode? Yeah. What do you think? Your thoughts. Tell me. Andrew. I thought it was good. I thought the actress was really good. She mm-hmm. was funny. Um, real boozy broad who sleeps around right and is blind right like i hope they don't stray too far away from the tone of the pilot and get too serious because i really like the stuff of her like there's this scene where she's going for the morning after pill after sleeping with some dude Mm -hmm. and she's just like walking into this cvs type place and just cutting in line going like sorry excuse me i'm blind i don't see the line oh is there a line oh looks like i skipped the line again i'm blind (laughs) yeah okay honey you know or like the the lady knows her yeah she does it all the time she also has a you know i mean as would you know i would say is expected mm-hmm. a bit of a chip on her shoulder about being blind sure because it happened to her when she was like 11 or some shit i don't mm-hmm. know she doesn't like getting help you know there's a lot of interesting ideas about how you should treat someone who's blind you like tell she didn't decorate her room they that was an interesting <laughs> little thing because as a set designer i'm sure that fucking ate up the set designer you know like yeah just throw a mattress on the floor and then like some shit on the ground well that won't look very good yeah i know but she's blind yeah but can i put like something on the like pictures or like some tables or tapestries or something on the wall she's blind the character is blind right but it'll look so bare yes just go decorate the next room please like i'd imagine the set designer was unhappy about that day Mm. not a lot to do right maybe it was a good day you know easy day but yeah i agree i hope they don't stray too far from the toad and make it too serious because it could get into some real like uh some real melodrama yeah i just don't want it to become procedural drama dry you know csi bullshit or whatever agreed but i'm willing to uh keep uh checking it out yeah this shows a lot of her attitude Mm-hmm. And her interaction with people, she's very curt and mean-spirited, which is always fun. A lot like Archer in some ways, like mm-hmm. a blind Archer. Right. Uh, we watched that. I watched this really great interview with Kevin Bacon. Oh, where he went through his his GQ most iconic roles type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. I I find those to be very interesting because you get a, a different perspective on 
Oh, from the actor's point of view? Yeah. It's not just some idiot going like, Trevor, you know, Flatliners is a piece of seminal art in the, you know, it's not some outsider who doesn't know anything about anything anyways. Right. It's someone who's actually there and the way they talk about film. It's so fascinating the way celebrity or actors, directors, writers talk about film and they talk about it from a very respectful, uh, like... You know, no one's trying to hurt anybody's feelings in the industry. Yeah, type well, of thing. it's not even that. I think they all just understand it's it's a difficult job, mm-hmm. and no one sets out to make a bad movie, and so on and so forth. Right. But then when you hear people who aren't in the industry talk about film, just so dismissively, like you mean us, worse than us. Gotcha. Just like this is garbage. It shouldn't have been made. Why do they? You know, like that. Right. Such incendiary, heartless language. And to hear Kevin Bacon talk, he's just like, oh, yeah, when I heard I got tremors, I was crying on Fifth Avenue, just telling my mom, like, my career is over. My career is fucking over. I'm doing a movie about gigantic underground worms right now. <laughs> I got I to gotta get my job back at the at the hotel. Like, that's, and that was the one that broke him out again. Right. You know, it's just so it was fun stuff like that. And working with actors and things like that. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Would you watch anything else? Anything come across uh, your radar that you thought was interesting? We rewatched one of my favorite films. Okay. Men on Fire. Oh, that's right. We didn't. We did watch that and didn't talk about it. Huh? We did. I mean, we've talked about it a bunch of times, but re but rewatching it this last time. Una palabra. And the and the art, like so much of like how how beautiful it was like so much went into that film oh yeah and you don't even realize how much went into that film but i i had never really watched older tony scott films before and the more the older i go i'm like oh there's always a chandelier in his films (laughs) for sure um so i started to see some more trends but um i think that was uh something i watched recently where i watched it from a different perspective of just pure just pure like style and what he did and the the colors and the music and the tone and oh, and uh, like I think that the was, tone that he, he he created in that was just so he was a hundred percent like firing on all yeah. cylinders. It was the perfect blend of everything he had done up to that point. In everything, his yeah, exactly. Because you see, like you see the chandeliers and in, in earlier movies, you see the the use of wind and and, and uh, curtains and tapestries moving and. And you see the the flashes and the things that he does, but yeah, it, it, that movie is like everything building up t- to it and all of it in one. Yeah, and it's just so um, even just like little things, like he would add subtitles even they were, when they were speaking English. Yeah, and the subtitles would just be keep going. Yeah, it was just so yeah. Everything he did in that was just so we uh, was so interesting from a stylistic point. Yeah, uh, of view. So this last time I really watched it from from that aspect of it. Yeah, it's interesting when you can watch a film a couple of times. You're like, oh, man, it's a really good film. And you don't really know why. Mm-hmm. And then as your cinematic vocabulary kind of increases and you have a little more awareness of film and style and technique yeah. and you go back and watch it again, you're like, oh, my God, how could he do that? Yes. It's like this madman. <laughs> yeah. How could he do this? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. I love that film. Like when I told because I learned it from one of the behind the scenes about Domino. Mm hmm. And he had a, a camera rigged up with a hand crank. So normally film spools through a camera and like at a 25, 24 frames per second or more, depending on whatever, it just goes at a constant speed. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice smooth shot. 
and he built this hand crank so he could make the camera go at his speed so he could like crank it at different levels to make it more jittery or less jittery or for certain style and when you see it used in this movie it's like oh man it's always so great right because you can see it's super shaky and jittery because someone's literally cranking this fucking camera by hand right and it just works so well in the film when he uses it yeah because that's when like uh, denzel's character is just starting to go off the rails right you know <laughs> exactly and that twangy guitar comes on Bing, wham, wham. i mean he just starts to change i mean there's so much i mean there's that there's like the whole backstory between him and christopher walken's character that oh, you yeah. don't know and there's just so much unspoken uh it, yeah. stuff happening and he's just like this really cool even like you don't really know his backstory either like they mm. don't give you too much um yeah there's just something about that movie and this last time it definitely the style and the editing everything that he did um up to that point just seemed to to all come out in this film so perfect storm yeah it's beautiful music the acting the writing it was just one of those rare films where everything aligned perfectly i still can't i mean i still quote it it's a i still can't believe how poorly that film was received I know it's crazy. Like even from a critical standpoint, yeah, that should have been a perfect. Like that should have been a home run. Yeah, I don't expect critics to love like Unstoppable or Taking of Pelham or any, a lot of other films, or even Domino. Domino was so abrasively right. uh, a middle finger to people in the industry. I don't, even, you know, it's fine. But Man on Fire was such a perfect blend of things. I just have a hard time understanding the any kind of negative reaction to it. And it holds up. I mean, oh, it, it it's stands, timeless. It's, it's timeless. timeless. You can't, like, I go back to it every time and... The film could have made in 1980. Yeah. You know, just uh, the time, it still holds up because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of technology. Aside from the, you see some cell phones and you're like, all right, 1990-something. But everything looks like a burner phone, too, That's at the same too. time for me. Like, everything that he uses, like, oh, shit, these are burner phones that nobody else is using, yeah. you know, and this is where you don't get tracked and things like that. But, yeah, but, yeah, the, the, the use of technology in that and just, yeah, it's not much. So, like, with the taking of Pelham yeah. and those kind of movies, but... Even uh, we, we noticed the way he portrayed Mexico was very different than the way a lot of other directors portray Mexico. Right. Because usually it's Wasn't like... Wasn't Tijuana. Yeah, it's usually some shitty town or some dusty desert road mm-hmm. or something like that. This was just every... F- it made me want to go to visit Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Never going to happen. But right. <laughs> I was like, this looks real nice, the way he shot it. And it was... It could have been... You know, he could have doubled it for like Spain or Italy in some shots. Right. Like, holy shit, this is real nice. But... You know, Tony Scott was a legend, and um, I don't. I don't mean he's every. We, we yeah. started watching Beverly Hills Cop too, and it was just like, holy shit, you can see it there too. Yep. We also rewatched uh, Collateral for some reason. You threw that on. Yeah, you know, when I was watching um, Man on Fire, I was just like, man, there's this, this some real Michael Mann vibes happening oh, too. You yeah. know, um, in terms of the uh the violence yeah. i guess um yeah because like michael mann always tells stories from uh different people's points of views yeah usually so you wouldn't the criminal's normally get. point of view yeah and not to say that uh i mean denzel washington's character was kind of both in his mind you know yeah 
Yeah, he's vigilante for sure. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just had some Michael Mann vibes, and I just felt like watching Tom Cruise, like fucking Tom Cruise was reload um, as fast as he could. But then, yeah, that movie doesn't hold up for me as much as uh, Heat or yeah, other movies uh, would make up. And it's not Jamie Foxx's fault entirely, but uh, he's a big <laughs> part of it. Yeah. yeah. I think there was a time in Hollywood where we all accepted mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx's acting style as like, oh, he's good. Mm-hmm. But you look back on it and you're like, man, why aren't you present? Yeah. Or why are you so like, I've got to be the tough guy too in every moment you have. Like you're supposed to be, he was supposed to be kind of a chump. Right. And he didn't really play it as much as he could have. Everyone's got the ego, you know? Hey, man. But, um, gotta protect your spot, brother. Everyone has the ego. But yeah, I just wanted, I felt like some Michael Mann-ish yeah. type of. And I, what I like about Collateral is the, uh, the digital look of it. Oh, when they switched yeah. to digital because it has a very dark uh, turn. I tried to change it to black and white just to see what that would look like. Yeah. Uh, because the intro is in black. Not the intro, but the... The... Um, the title sequence when like the Universal logo comes up, it's in black and white. Oh. And then, and then it's in color in the Like it kind of transitions over to color. And That's I was like, weird. oh, it'd be interesting. Maybe like if I watched this whole movie in black and white, but... I couldn't figure it out. Because so. <laughs> I was like, it was, I was messing with my brain because I was pretty high at that point. Okay. And I would change the color. I was like, ooh, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. So Andrew's going to come home and he's going to be like, what's wrong with the color? The color seems off because I was messing with settings. Yeah. You just turned the saturation down. Yeah, but I was just messing. I didn't know. I oh, was just okay. messing with stuff. So, but I was able to get it back to what it was supposed to be. So then I was just like, I don't want to mess with it again because <laughs> I'm too high to remember what the settings were. Right. But, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to change it to black and white if you so, want to help me with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at It's a very dark movie. So I don't know how it's going to end up, but like literally, like lighting it is so dark. Well, I just wondered why that title was black and white at first oh, you, think, what, you think michael was trying to give you a like a that's what i watch it in black and that's white. what i thought i was like oh maybe the that's a, uh, real, that's a real stoner thought <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> and you know what who knows if it's in black and white that could have just been my stony eyes you know michael mann made it like the the <laughs> logo black and white for like two seconds as a message to people like i've wanted it in black and white <laughs> yeah studio with and the studio but it does force me to turn it color it does seem weird because when you change it that when you change it to color the color is very um it's got that la color to it but just the intro like the him and jason statham walking towards each other in black and white looks kind of cool so i would recommend looking at that jason statham but that was pretty much it that i really watched yeah man um next week i mean uh hobbs and shaw came out this week right um i want to check that out that Mm -hmm. looks like it's gonna be fun i already got the soundtrack because i want some slappers and some bangers when i walk to work cool idris spits some bars bruv nice uh yeah no i think it'll be cool i don't know if anything else really coming out that's uh tripping my trigger (sighs) tripping your trigger yep gotcha I don't think there is as either. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get my head around what you just said. Tripping your trigger? You yeah. never heard that one? No. Tickle your pickle? Something that tickles your pickle? No. No? What could tickle your pickle? Just whatever tickles your pickle. <laughs> you never heard that before? Whatever trips your trigger? No. Whatever, whatever tickles your pickle? 
what's the other one that's like oh tickles your fancy whatever I've blows your hair back man <laughs> i've heard that one whatever knocks your shoes off mm-hmm. whatever uh I don't know. There's other ones, I'm sure. Okay. You seem to know a lot of them, so. Well, uh, you know, when you're from the Midwest, you traffic in euphemisms <laughs> for things. <laughs> you don't just go like, whatever you like. <laughs> it's got to be some folksy kind of like sitting on the back of a tailgate of a truck. Like, whatever trips your trigger, brother. <laughs> whatever pulls your tallywhacker. Hmm. Um, Not the old tallywhacker. Tallywhacker. Yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of old-timey words in my head for some reason. <laughs> I think it's from being poor. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about it for this week. Cool. So watch a Red Sea Diving Resort. Company. The Red Sea Diving Resort. Company. Company. Not the LTD? Red sea, not the Red Sea Diving Resort Company. LTD. I think it's just Red Sea Diving Company. Red Sea Diving Company. Yeah. LTD. Or is it Resort? resort i know i know chris evans is in it okay i know that the name of the actual place is the red sea diving resort okay but what's the name of the of the actual movie is the question andrew yeah yeah yeah, answer the question let me just search let me just go to netflix Mm -hmm. okay then i'll type in red and there can't be that many yeah um, there's like 25 reds. Where are you going to go now? <laughs> well, whatever it is, Red Sea Diving something. It'll be, it, it, if Netflix is doing its job at all, it should be on the front page of whatever <laughs> your, your Netflix looks like. And also, if you try to search it, it's going to take... Mm, I think our internet is just out right This now. long. <laughs> We're having connected... issues. Did you pay the bill? It's on auto pay. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maria hears a noise. Maria perks up like a dog who thinks like her master's gotten home. That's right, because they are masters. Anybody ever, who owns a dog. Yeah, it's slavery. Do you ever, or, you know, I'm about slavery, but. Um, Andrew can't handle not knowing the name of the movie he literally just watched twice. It was Red Sea Diving Resort. Cool. I don't know where company came from. Mm. And he's got one called Knives Out coming out pretty Knives soon. Knives Out, huh? His name in that movie, Ransom Thrombre. That's pretty good. It's in post production. Oh, he was in. Oh, he was. He did a cameo in a Spider Man movie. Hmm. Good for him. So that's, I guess, what he's been doing. Ugh. <laughs> So yeah, I guess that'll be about for this week. About it for this week. Until then, uh, whatever you do in life, wherever you go, whomever you meet, always be sure to be not angry. I'm not angry. I think it's funny. Ha <laughs> ha.